game has changed, yo. Show. And here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, sartorially regaled in sequined jumpsuit and cantilevered pompadour, the world's only accordion-playing Elvis impersonator, Accordion Joe! Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy, he calls to you who, the social outcast, yes, you who are rejected. He wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. Here comes the Spud Man. It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready, Trumbo. And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings. The name is Goodman. Spud Goodman. That's so hot. Welcome to our quaint little show, which is coincidentally named after me. Go figure. It wasn't my call. So, so I need to introduce our designated laugher, Gina, now. Uh, give us a sample of your skill set. <laughs> All right. Thank you for that. I'm also required to acknowledge our temporary permanent co-host, Gerald. Uh, it's now okay for you to say a word or two to verify your presence. Well, it's so difficult to effectively communicate to the listeners what I want to say in just a word or two, Spud. Uh, just remember the old show business axiom, less is more. Well, right, but you yourself do tend to go on and on at times. That's just my observation. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, because I'm the host, it's my job to drone on and on. Oh. So, so why don't we get this show started, as I need to you know, make an announcement here for those who did not catch the, the last post-show report that was on a few weeks ago. If you're just you know, listening tonight for the, and did not or were not aware that it's now been officially downsized to nothing. It's gone. And I don't know for sure if any jobs were shipped to Mexico or Thailand. Uh, for those stations that, that carry both hours, we are now uh, airing a, a classic episode translation or rerun for the second hour. And mostly everybody was aware of that, but I thought it, I'd throw it out. You know, I got to say, for the record, I was not consulted on this decision, though. I do support it 100%. I'm sure our executive producer, Lori, had sufficient reason to make this move. Well, it's not as brutal as it sounds, as, as the host, Lawrence, will now be doing, you know, I guess he's going to become the show's public sector food critic in addition to other assignments. Oh, so he's yes. got a gig. Yeah, that, that's good. That should be riveting radio for sure. Well, and, and Gina here will be kept busy in, in the first hour laughing on demand. Hey, can you give me one more good hearty laugh? <laughs> All right, thanks. Yeah. Hey, uh, what about the highlight guy, Derek? I, I see him over there by the soundboard. Uh, so he, he was not let go? No, for some reason, our head honcho kept him around. What she sees in him, I don't get it. Well, what are his new duties? Well, she assigned him to be my personal assistant. And, and she's also strongly encouraged me to include him in the body of the show when possible. I, th I think it has to you know, be because he's one of those darn millennials. Oh. And, and she's afraid we're both too old to attract listeners in that demo. It, you know, she might have a point there from looking at our most recent ratings. Hey, 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 you shut your face! Yeah, well, I, I guess I'm now supposed to, you know, definitely bring him in to the conversation. And so here goes. Anyway, we make this brief. Dude, yeah. 
Huh? Derek, Derek huh? yeah, yeah, Derek, yeah. You, you, come here. Use that microphone. The, all right, wait, all right, right here. This consider one? yourself a part of the conversation, and now we can move on. Oh, to really quick. Um, I believe I was told by Lori that I would be given the opportunity to connect with the younger listeners out there. Uh, um, could I say a few words here? Uh, define few. Look, I know my main job duty is to be your personal assistant. Correct. And I'm grateful to still have a job, but I do yes, have a lot to offer be. this show as an on-air personality. I am continuing to send out my demo reel to stations around the country, and so I don't expect to be serving long in this capacity. Yeah. You stupid, ignorant, <laughs> dumb Look, well, the chances of you getting hired by a legit radio station are about as good as me getting signed to a 10-day contract in the NBA, okay? You know... You've been given your moment in the sun on this episode now, so assume your personal assistant duties and grab me a frickin' chilled bottle of Pepto-Bismol from the fridge. I, I, I'm experiencing a bit of heartburn here. I am pregnant. Hey, uh, I can get that Pepto for you, Spud. I'm getting it. I'm getting it. Oh. And when you get back, go out and vacuum out my car as I stepped in some dog dew the other Ugh. day. I mean, you might want to use plastic gloves as it's all over. Uh, anyway, well, right now it's time for a song from our musical guest, Furniture Girls, and we'll be speaking with them a bit later. But but right now, and I guess they're going to debut this song right now, and it's titled My Time. Here are the Furniture Girls.
This is the Spud Goodman Radio Show. Hi, I'm Jane Lynch, and I'm on the Spud Goodman Show. Hey, uh, Spud. Yeah? I need to let you know your first guest, Taryn Manning, is ready to go. All right. You know, I totally dig her work on Orange is a New Black. Very impressive actress. You know, I don't think I'm familiar with that show. Is that one on the E! Channel or, or Bravo? Uh, no. It's a show set in a women's prison. And you said last week your oh. wife okayed that you could get Netflix to watch Fuller House. It's on Netflix. So find the show. You know, there you, and you can watch all four seasons now if you want. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think Rachel would enjoy watching scantily clad women prancing around in a prison show, Spud. Uh, they wear, Seriously, Gerald? They, yeah. they wear mostly prison jumpsuits. And yeah, there are occasional prison shower scenes, but... Oh, that would be, that would be the end of Netflix in our house. If I tuned into that show, thanks for the heads up. Well, it's your loss. It's a great show. Just put Taryn on, please. Yeah, right. Here she is. Please greet actress and singer-songwriter Taryn Manning. Hey, we appreciate you uh, checking in with us. Yes. How are you? Hey, pretty good. Um, so uh, you happen to co-star in one of the biggest TV shows going on right now. Of course, I'm referring to Orange is the New Black on Netflix, which, by the way, has just released season four. So people can spend one day, a delirious day, in a dark room consuming them all like I plan to. <laughs> so off the record, Taryn, can I ask yes. if you binge your own, you know, binge watch your own show? I don't, I don't binge watch. No, I don't. I'm, I'm pretty good with um, the patient, the patient thing, so... I can watch a couple and then take a little break, you know, like five minutes. No, just kidding. <laughs> um, no, I don't, I don't binge, but I know that people do, and I think it's great, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I personally, I mainline. I just, uh, that's, that's for the record. So, All right. Well, um, you play the character Tiffany uh, Pensatucky Doggett, who I have come to really enjoy, a rural, meth-using, evangelical convicted of murder. So here's my question. When you read for the part, were you fully aware of the physical look you are going to have to assume on the show? I mean, prison garb's not real fashionable, but they went that extra yard with, you know, with Tiffany's overall look, like the dental situation, so to speak, too. Yeah, um, she definitely, I was like, oh, wow, all right. You know, like, but, you know, the more that it it went there, the more I'm just, there's, like, no trace of Taryn. So, so like, that, like, lends towards a total character development. And, you know, I call that, like, getting in the costume. And I just feel, yeah, I just love it. I loved, I loved having, like, the messed up teeth. I love just being able to roll out of bed <laughs> and uh, just sort of, you know, put my, my prison jumpsuit on and, and off we went. Oh, so uh, that's good to know, though. I, I didn't know if you were the, in the method thing and pulled your own teeth, so those were just, uh, okay, I, that was, uh, I got it then. All right, it's good to know. No way. All right. No way, man. All right. You don't mess with teeth like that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. All right, well, you know, I have a personal obsession with craft services myself so on the set shooting in the scenes in the prison cafeteria when you guys are shot eating do they serve you you know like decent mystery meat and cream corn or is it the real deal crappy prison stuff <laughs> um it's pretty real deal i mean it's edible it's edible because there's, there's nothing worse than like fake eating but um it's pretty bad you know it's just there like all day i mean it's it's, it's yeah it's prison food for sure wow all right, super. Um, well, you know, 
Taryn, growing up, I've read that you, you know you didn't have an easy go of it. I understand it was a bit of a struggle financially. Uh, you, I guess you were raised by your mom in Tucson and later San Diego. So uh, I was wondering, did, did you have your sights set on an acting career way back as a, as a kid, or was it something that came up later as a young adult? Um, the acting stuff came up later. It wasn't so much. Well, it depends what young adult, what age that is. But you know, I grew up. I grew up definitely wanting to do everything. My you know, though we we had, you know, we were we were poor, you know, whatever. Um, right. You would never, I would never think that because my mom, my mom did everything to make it so I could do everything because I wanted to do everything. Like I did martial arts, I did, I did baton, I did dance. I mean, I was a classically trained ballerina. I also did jazz. Um, Super. Right. A lot of dance competitions, costumes, and blah blah blah. I mean. I was roller skating every day as a kid. I mean, I was very active. I guess even just put me to sleep. My mom had to put me in the baby, the baby seat and put loud music on and oh. drive me around. All right, cool. <laughs> um, well, so let, my poor mother. Yeah, your mom must be a saint. So yeah. Um, yeah, she's incredible. So. Let's talk music. Um, you're also a musician and a member of the band Boomcat with your brother Kellen, and as a, also as a solo performer too. So, how significant is music in your life? Um, music is uh, number one. You know, it's my it's my love hate relationship. It's the thing I've tried to quit, walk away from. It just nags me back, and um, I realize, you know. With music, it doesn't need to be heard. Even it's it's something that I love to do. I love to play my guitar. I love to write. Like yeah, it's like kind of like my poetry turned into songs, and it's an outlet. It's an outlet like when I'm upset or when I'm happy. It's just it's sort of disp- it's always on my mind. Like it's always on my mind. Um, like like love would be on your mind. So it's just something that I feel I'll probably do to the day I die, just because it's part of like who I am. Nice. All right. Um, well, if you could yep. pick one person from the music biz uh, to be with you in the recording studio, who would it be, alive or, or now past? Oh wow! Um, you know, it's so crazy you say that because I, I, you know, people are like, "Who's your top five, uh, you know, producers or songwriters?" And I, I would always put Prince in there. Right. He was the very first concert I ever attended. I was five years old, and my mom covered my eyes half the time. I'll never forget. <laughs> Um, yeah, so like he, you know, he he wrote, you know, he wrote some incredible songs. Some songs people probably don't even realize, but he just really was um, an all-around great. And I'm it's so tragic what happened to him, like beyond tragic for for so many people. But he was up there. He was up there for me, for someone I'd love to meet and work with. Right. I mean, yeah. Obviously, he was. Uh... Yeah, he's one of the all-time. There's just no question about that. You know, but I was thinking if yeah. I could if I could actually sing, it, it would be Phil Spector. You know, I, and if he ever gets out of prison, I think I think he's <laughs> up in like from when he's 88 years old. I think he's up for parole. But you know, he'd be so interesting to hang out with. I mean, yeah, you'd have to have like a metal detector with you, but still, he, you know, I don't know. That's <laughs> that would have been my dream. But all right, well, you know, yeah, he's, he's really cool. No, he, I agree. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Excuse me, Spud. Yes. Would you mind if I clipped my toenails while you interview Taryn? You know, my wife has been after me for weeks to take care of it, and I thought since I have nothing to do right now... Are you I serious? Could, well, I thought I could deal with it before I forget again. I guess I scratch her in bed. Just a heads up, as I don't want to spook you when I take my shoes and socks off. Uh, just a second, Taryn. Uh, what are you babbling about? 
as I've stated on many occasions, there's nothing for me to do during your guest interview, so I thought I might as well make good use of my time by addressing this personal hygiene issue. Don't worry, my feet don't smell. I will be the judge of that, as I have a real, real aversion to stinky feet. I think it started like when I was working in a bowling alley in high school, and it's, it's I don't know, the bad memory from all those bowling shoes still haunt me to this day. Oh, very well. I'll defer to when I get home later. I, I just thought I would do some batch processing as I'm bored out of my mind here. So, you're a co-host. Deal with it. So, I'm going to close this thing with uh, what's been your most memorable moment away from the entertainment industry, just outside of showbiz. Anything come to mind? Um, like just in general in life? Yes, exactly. Oh my goodness gracious. Um, see here, memorable, oh man, but not showbiz. Hmm. Uh, la Well, look, you know, this might be a little bit emotional, but my, my dad passed when I was 14, so it's like, I mean, just so silly, like, um, anytime we would go visit my dad on the East Coast in Virginia, like, he would always, my mom was, like, a big health food freak, <laughs> so she would pack, like, pack all these snacks and stuff that were, like, all healthy, and, and he'd open up our suitcases and be like, ah, screw that, and we'd go to, like, Circle K or whatever and get, like, you know, Yoo-Hoo's and all that, just, like, really unhealthy food, <laughs> so I, I was, like, it's so simple, but, you know, it's, it's such a memory, like seeing him be all mad about the healthy snacks and then drive us right to get like crappy food and we were just like, yeah, we love dad. Just stuff like that is like really sweet in my memory. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that. But with the food angle, there's no such thing as, as, as you know, crappy is very subjective. Let's just put it that way. So, all right. Um, so, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I, I, I need to remind our listeners, though I really don't have to, because everyone knows that the new season of Orange is the New Black is now upon us. I know I'm ready, so, uh, you know, everybody can check it out on Netflix. I want to thank you so much for coming on the show, okay? Yeah, my pleasure. Anytime. All right. This is the Spud Goodman Show. Uh, uh, uh. Ah, uh. Looks just like the real thing. Uh, he's on the line, Spud. Our show's psychic, Ted Marr, is excited to talk with you. You know, it's nice he can squeeze me in what with all the psychic work he does. Uh-huh. You know, but I'm not exactly aware what a psychic actually does for sure, but it seems like he's always busy. Anyway, so do the show plug for his radio show and put him on. Oh, okay. Uh, Ted Mars Out of This World radio show can be heard each Friday from 2 to 4 p.m. on KKNW, 11.50 a.m. in Seattle and on the web. Here he is. Everyone, say hey to the Spud Goodman Show's psychic, Mr. Ted Marr. So, hey, how you doing? Fine, Spud. It's great to talk to you. Yeah. So, uh, what I wanted to run by you tonight was just how long does it take someone like myself or anyone listening to cross over to the other side? You know, will it be a tough journey, like trying to make it from Mexico to the U.S. when that 600-foot wall is built on the border? You know, do you have to be afraid, not afraid, I guess, of, of heights for it to be a smooth trip? Well, as soon as uh, as soon as you pass over, um, your a, a light appears, and it's your choice whether or not to pass through it. Um, a lot of people have a lot of earthly attachments, but and they don't want to go over. But most people, most most people do. And then once they go through this tunnel of light, at the end of the tunnel of light will be all your family and friends, pets even, 
uh, who are waiting there to give you a big party for crossing over. After that, um, you you review every single uh, word, act, and deed, and thought that you ever did, um, and you not only review it from your stance, but also from everyone you affected, including animals, and uh, it's called a life review. Ah, super. Wow. Well, how high in the sky do you have to go before you arrive? I'm assuming it's a part of the heaven deal. Is that is that accurate? Or I must jump in here, Spud. What? Please do not bring up the topic of heaven in the same discussion dealing with the occult and the spirit world. Traveling to the other side is but a folk tale. No offense to Ted here. Heaven is real, and I don't think anything good will come from merging the two topics. Hey man, just chill. I'm not saying ghosts are hanging out in heaven or anything. So for you, you know, that would be a there goes the neighborhood if ghosts were there too, right? Well, being a ghost is not something I want to aspire to be. What an empty experience. Geez, I'm sorry I brought up the subject, but I still have to wrap up this conversation with Ted, so just keep it down. Fine. Okay, I am back, Ted. That's fine. We, yeah. Um, the, the place that you physically go in this dimension is called the Van Ellen Belt. That's where you usually do, are processed uh, at that, that location. And then what you do, it's very interesting, you go through what's called a life review spot and you, and you review all the acts and deeds you ever did, and then you decide with your spirit family, typically, and God, to decide upon which you'd like to learn in your next life. And then you plan out your next life, and then you typically reincarnate. You may reincarnate to Earth or perhaps another planet. So you could end up, oh, like, do you reincarnate to like a, just like an inanimate object, like an ashtray or something, or do you, do you have to be a living being? <laughs> You're funny. Um, usually, you, you, you reincarnate into a living being, and it could even be, it's known cases to be it become an animal, for example, okay. or oh. usually it's a human, and, and it's a fascinating process. I've been learning about this for the past 22 years. Wow. Well, is this, you know, is this place climate controlled? Because I don't do well in damp places, and these get a little stiff. I'm hoping that it's, uh, you know, I'm not maybe, maybe not, uh, you know, Hawaii or something like that, but it's it's not really cold or damp, is it? No, I actually visited uh, the area in 2007 with my spirit family, and it's a t place of total bliss. I went there in 2007. My spirit family took me there one night, and when I came, I didn't want to come back, but they said you have to come back and finish your life mission. And when I came back, I had this glow, this this angelic glow around me for several days thereafter. Total wow. bliss. Wow, it's kind of like bliss. visiting Hawaii. Yeah, actually, because yeah, I, I, mean, I, <laughs> I did not want to come back. All right, well, super. I want to thank you so much for uh, checking in with us tonight. You're welcome, Spud. Thank you so much again. Mr. Ted Marr. The excitement continues on the Spud Goodman Radio Show following this brief intermission. Now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show. 
Uh, Spud, before we get back to the show, you should know having Derek clean up the dog poop in your car was kind of beyond the duties of a personal assistant. Uh, Now, I should stay out of this, but... Yeah, yeah, you should. Mind your own business. Uh, Do you see me jumping into the labor relations dynamic of your position? Well, we both know that I, as a co-host, do not have a personal assistant. But if I did, I surely would not assign them demeaning job duties like that. You are a real boring... Look, I I could have really given him some disgusting things to take care of, like doing that wax thing people do to clean out their ears. I need help with that each month, and for now I have my neighbor neighbor, uh, Xavier handling it. He just asked that I do it for him too, but he smells so funky because he never showers, so I I may end up asking Derek, you know, to handle that too. His clean ears are very important to me. Well... (laughs) new i would just be careful on what you choose to have derek do for you because he could file an unfair labor practice complaint with hr Ooh, i'm so scared you, well listen having a personal assistant will mean you have to use sound judgment in your relationship with him well first of all i'm pretty sure we don't have an hr department and and i'm not in a relationship with him he's my assistant he's supposed to assist me in my daily you know life like tomorrow i'm gonna have him take my recycling out because I forgot to do it, you know, for the last couple of months. Yeah. So there's a buttload of crap that needs to be taken out. And the, the goal for a personal assistant is to make my life run smoother. Yeah, okay, okay. But if there are later legal issues that arise, I just want you to remember what I said. You know, if they really were concerned about cutting costs, they would have made you my personal assistant. Being a co-host takes up, what, maybe a minute or two in preparation for each show? You have by far the most disposable time available of anyone on this show. Yeah. Do I need to remind you, though, of my other job at South Seattle Carpet and Linoleum? South Seattle Carpet and Linoleum. A personal assistant needs to be available at all hours, and that would exclude me. I don't think so. All right. I'm back. It's done. Jeez, that was, was that a dog or an elephant in your car, man? I mean, it was all over. Well, I, I, I told you. I mean, duh. I was, it was gonna. Hey, quit whining. And it was on both. It was on both of my shoes. So you did clean up the whole car, though, right? Even that mold on the passenger side, the by the floorboard kind of thing. Is that what that was? Well, oh, I, God, I it was so gross. No, exactly. Smells really good. Um, well, anyway, if the tasks I assign you were fun and easy, I would do them myself. You, you really didn't do your research on what being a personal assistant entails before you accepted this gig, did you? Well, You af- don't even af- have a clue. Well, after the post-show report got the axe and I no longer had a job, this position was all I could take. I mean, I know really soon, though, my podcast will be generating significant revenue, and I will be leaving this personal assistant thing behind me. Uh, yeah, doing podcasts have made a whole lot of people rich, so you stick with that plan, man. Hey, call, yo. You know, Spud, my oldest, Gerald Jr., has just started his own podcast. It's called Mission Possible. I just love that. He interviews young people from our church who've returned from missions from all over the world. I wonder how please do not knock on my door and leave me the hell alone sounds like in all those foreign languages. Uh, Well, my podcast is directed at the masses, and if my projections are accurate, I will be giving Mark Maron and Adam Carolla a run for their money very soon. Really? I'll have a hamburger, for which I will gladly pay you Tuesday. Yeah, so Fox News is also going to suddenly feel guilty about screwing with the poorly educated in this country, too. There's all sorts of things I'm sure are possible. Anyway, I I need to get back on track here. Gerald, can you see if our next guest is ready to go? Oh. 
yes, but I'm being told your next guest, Scott Wolf, is waiting to speak with you. Okay, cool. You know, I interviewed Scott on my TV show many years ago when he was on that Party of Five show. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I know he doesn't probably remember me, but I did sort of get on the nerves of the network PR person who was in the room during the segment. So he, he might remember, you know, maybe what went down that day. Wait, wait. Did you have a personal assistant back in those days? I mean, if you still had yeah, your TV well, show, it wouldn't be so embarrassing to be your personal assistant. I mean, seriously, how many radio talk show hosts have one? I'm like a rare exotic pet. Ooh, am I? Yeah, yeah, but pets don't complain all the time. Yes, but, you know, you could tell Scott that I was a big Party of Five fan back in the day. I was pretty adventurous in my TV viewing in my bachelor days. Yeah, that's that's fascinating. Hey, uh, so can I take a break now? I mean, just while you're talking to Scott. You need a break? Okay, five minutes, all right? Five minutes, and don't leave the studio. Go, Yeah, all right, put him on. Yeah, here he is. Please welcome actor Scott Wolf to the show. Thanks for calling in. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. All right, you're now co-starring in the NBC series The Night Shift, airing Wednesdays at 10 p.m. 9 central. I got, That's accurate, right? That is, <laughs> so far so good. That's right. I like to start, on, at least on a correct note. Um, so anyway, you yeah. play Dr. Scott Clemens, head of trauma surgery at San Antonio Memorial Hospital. Tell our listeners a bit about the night shift. This will be its third season, right? Yes, we're, we're just getting into our third season. Um, I'm very excited about the fact that our third season, we're making our best episodes yet. And, you know, that's not always the case. A lot of shows come out of the gates really strong and, and, and kind of uh, have a hard time keeping it up and figuring out new ways to keep things fresh. And with this show, The Night Shift, I feel like it was almost a little show that could. And uh, early on, it was kind of figuring out what it wanted to be. In the second season, it got really strong. And now in the third season, we're making some really, really great episodes that I'm really proud of. It takes place, like you said, at San Antonio Memorial Hospital. Um, the show is, on some level, a traditional hospital show only. It's a bunch of things that, that set it apart. One of the big things is, is obviously that it's the night shift. And so it's a really unique um, time of day. It's a really unique uh, group of people that find themselves getting traumatically injured through the night and, uh, and a really unique uh, kind of person and group of people that want to be up all night saving people's lives. Ah, all right, super. Well, you know, Scott, one would think you had to cram to get up to speed on the latest medical procedures, as you, you did major in finance, I think, in college. But, in fact, you do have extensive experience playing doctors on TV, like on The Nine and Everwood. Was, was that prior work any help here? The prior work on Everwood wasn't as helpful just because I was playing kind of a, almost kind of like a homeopath. Um, and so, oh, okay. but on the nine, I did play a surgeon. And so definitely some of the training I did for the nine, um, was integral. I mean, I, I shadowed a surgeon at that time oh, and, um, I, I followed a guy around who was a, a cardiothoracic surgeon, a heart surgeon. And I followed him around for a whole day and watched him do two open heart surgeries and stood literally over the bodies during the surgeries. And he let me be in on the consults and scrubbing in. And so that was kind of like surgeon school for me. It was really amazing. Um, and right. I've kept that, you know, I use that every day really on the set in terms of trying to be authentic and keep things uh, 
looking and feeling as real as possible. Right. Well, I would guess one of the cool things about being an actor would be the opportunity to check out so many different potential careers by playing characters from all walks of life. So you, yourself, got to look at forensic investigations with an appearance on CSI New York and later on NCIS, and you were a television news anchor on V and also an assistant U.S. attorney on Perception and so on. You know, you could be a career counselor on the side working with college students, you know? (laughs) <laughs> That's funny. That's so true. And and yeah, I mean, that is 100% one of the most fun things about this career is, you know, the moment to moment of it, you know, the, the just standing in front of a camera or on a stage and living something out. That's, that's really, for me, the, the why I do it. Um, but one of these added benefits is definitely uh, getting a chance to explore these whole other ways of living and thinking that we would never have a chance to otherwise. And uh, so yeah, I've been yeah. It's kind of doctor, lawyer, news guy, a little of everything. Um, if I may address something here, Spud. Uh, Scott, uh, just give me a quick second. Uh, could this not wait? I'm starting to hit it off with Scott, and you're blocking me here. Well, I wanted to relay my personal disappointment at never seeing any characters on network TV or even cable TV depicting the life of a radio co-host. Just once, when the family's sitting down to watch television, it would be so nice to see my own vocation portrayed on a show, as shown in Scott's career. You know, they do just about every other profession under the sun, except my position. It's like we radio co-hosts are invisible. Uh, duh. Just how would any TV writer work up an interesting storyline involving a radio show co-host? It can't be done. They would have a better shot with something about a guy in your other job as a carpet and linoleum salesman. You mean the lead salesperson position that I hold at South Seattle Carpet and Linoleum? South Seattle Carpet and Linoleum. I can see multiple potential storylines with that job. You know, I've never seen a personal assistant in any movie or TV show, or a janitor for that matter, as it seems to be my main job duty now. I'm just saying. Hey, Ixnay on all the whining, all right? I need to get back to Scott. Hey, I'm back. My apologies, man. Good to go. Okay, well, you know, you also did an episode of a very funny show, uh, BoJack Horseman, that airs on Netflix. You played yourself, which must have been yeah. a bit surreal, because, I, mean, I, I mean, playing myself on an animated series would be the pinnacle for me, even a crappy one, but BoJack Horseman's a great show. Yeah, so fun, so fun. It was a pretty quick little thing. I just did it in a day, but I'm a fan of that show when they called, and, um, uh, you know, the idea that they had pitched, which was... Um, you know, like an award show uh, that uh, uh, he had been nominated for. I, I just went running toward it um, and would go running back because I, I, I think that show is hilarious. And, yeah, it's kind of funny to – I think the only time I've ever played myself was now as, like, an animated character, um, an animated animal, which is uh, at some point maybe I'll play myself as, as in my actual human form. Well, that'd, be, that'd be cool. All right. Um, well, you know, Scott, I don't know if you remember this. I know you don't actually remember this, but I interviewed you, interviewed you on my old TV show. It was in L.A. while you were on a Party of Five publicity thing, I think. Uh, anyway, I got on, I, I, oh, cool. I'm pretty sure I got on the Fox PR guy's nerves because I was a little off topic. But anyway, you were very cool. My, my question is this. How mind-numbing is having to do interview after interview on promotional tours? People think actors have it pretty good, but there are parts of even that job that can get tedious, right? For sure. I mean, I'm very, very lucky to feel like everything I've had to, you know, uh, publicize and go out and talk about is something that I'm proud of. I mean, I, I, that's to me, the, that's the difference is I feel like if you're out there 
talking over and over and over again about something that you're not quite sure of and not really proud of, and that to me would be just agony. Um, but talking about something that I really love, like the night shift, and love this cast, love the show we're making, love the character, you know, it gets repetitive if you're doing it all day, every day, but, um, but I actually love talking about stuff that I'm working hard on and proud of, proud of all the people that are, you know, pouring themselves into it, themselves into it, and so it's not as hard, you know, it, it, keeping it fresh and finding new ways to talk about it is probably the most challenging thing, but thankfully I'm loving what I'm talking about, so it's not as hard as it could be. Yeah, you're pretty good at it. I gotta gotta give you that for sure. You know, Thanks, man. I, I try to make it painless for my guests, but I still think my interviews are about you know probably as much fun as going to the dentist for them. But you know, it's, we we got a job to do, all of us. So, all right. Well, um, this one I know is right out of a used interviewing 101 paperback. Um, but here goes. What does Scott Wolf do in his free time? I think I just referred to you in the third person, but you can answer it in the first person if you wish. Okay, I don't have to say Scott Wolf does blah, blah, blah. Nah. Um, <laughs> uh, well, look, these days I've got three little kids at home, so oh, a oh, lot super. of my free time is, uh, is, is dadding. Um, I'm a professional dad when I'm not acting. And, um, but I do, you know, I play sports and I play music, and there's a bunch of stuff that I do um, for myself too. But, uh, but my kids are young, and they're... You know, I, I, I know enough people that have teenage kids and, you know, kids who have started to, like, be more interested in leaving the house than hanging out with mom and dad. And so we're taking advantage of our, our time where they think we're the coolest people on earth. So do you, like, even have to do the carpool thing like normal people? I mean, the, the Hollywood oh, stars? Oh, gosh, yeah. Oh, they yeah, do? yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, we're, uh, we're all in, man. Wow, you make it sound so enticing. I might have to try to have a kid sometime. Hey, all right. But this is my Do last... It. Yeah. Do it, man. Everyone's doing it. Yeah, I guess they are. I guess they are. <laughs> Not right. everyone. This is my last question, because uh, you probably got stuff to do. But anyway, and it's my tried and true stock question I ask most of my guests. Um, you know, what has been your most memorable moment, in your case, in show business? Oh, man. Um... That's a tough one to answer. I mean, the thing, you know, where my mind just went probably was when I got the role of uh, Bailey Salinger on Party of Five. You know, I, I always was confident and believed that I'd do everything I could to be successful at it, but that was the moment where I was like, okay, I can, I sort of felt comfortable calling myself an actor for the first time. Yeah, uh, that, that, that show kind of took off, so yeah, I think it was... Uh looks like it all came together for you. Yeah. It did great. It did great. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I want to remind everyone once again that The Night Shift is now airing each Wednesday uh, at 10 p.m. on NBC, 9 Central. Hey, I, I, you know, I really want to thank you for checking in with us, all right? Especially after interviewing you before, way back years ago. And I guess maybe you don't remember because you, you actually called into the show. So it's very super. Well, great to talk to you again, then. All right, Mr. Scott Wolf. This is one of radio's most famous musical productions, the program that brings you the music of a nation that loves to sing and whose songs reflect the beauty and romance inherent in its way of life. This is the Spud Goodman Show. All right, it's musical guest interview time. Please welcome back to the show our musical guest for tonight, Furniture Girls. All right, let's, let's begin by each of you publicly stating, you, for the record, your names, birth signs, and the instrument you play. Well, hi there, Spud. I am Stacy. I'm the lead throat, and okay. I'm an Aries. Super. I'm Jim. I'm a Cancer, mm -hmm. and I play the bass. 
I'm Thane, I'm a Scorpio, and I play the drums. I'm Kate, I'm a Libra, I play keyboard, trumpet, sing. I'm Jason, I'm an Aquarius, and I play guitar. All right. Um, so you're playing three brand new songs, spanking new songs on our show tonight. That is very nice of you to share. Uh, yeah, correct? Yeah. That's right, Spud. Yeah, you get absolutely. the world debut. All right, very. Could, could these three songs soon be available on what is known as an album? And, and now for the kids listening at home, uh, uh, that's a collection of songs in the past that was actually referred to. Uh, the, the, the term is album. Um, and so my, my question is, what's the name of the album, and uh, will people be able to purchase it soon? The album is called In Shadows. It'll be out August 12th. They'll be able to get it everywhere. iTunes, Spotify, whatever, you name it. I want band camp, too. All right. Um, Now, this is a personal question, but can I ask, uh, what band member is the best board game player? Uh, Because if we played a few rounds of Monopoly or Candyland until dawn. K-Brad. That would be Kate. K-Brad. Kate. She has a mind for board games. I may be contacting you later. You know, because I'm starting to get into it. I hated board games. I'm starting to get into them now a little bit. All right. Um, so uh, does the band have an official position on MSG? You know, some feel it's a nifty, you know, flavor enhancer. Others feel it's a, you know, evil substance probably, you know, foisted on the world by evil scientists at Monsanto. Where do you guys stand? Spud, I'd like to choose all of the above. It's You're delicious. talking about the Michael Shanker group, right? It is delicious and terrifying at the same time. Okay, well, there you go. All right. So what's the name of the next song you're going to do? That would be solitary. Oh, all right. Well, let's do it. Sometimes I still wonder And now I know 
is the Spud Goodman Show. Hi, I'm Margaret Cho, and you're listening to the Spud Goodman Show. Uh, Spud, your last guest, Michael Jai White, is on the line. Uh, you know, we love Michael's TV show on TBS, uh, Tyler Perry's For Better or Worse. Yeah, I haven't seen that TV show, but Michael well, Jai good. White has been in some seriously cool movies in his career, like Spawn, The Dark Knight, and freaking Black Dynamite, one of my favorite movies. I, I've seen some of his movies, too. He can play a badass really well. Yeah, I, I know this. Very skilled in martial arts. Now, being his personal assistant would be so rad. Yeah, yeah but yeah. I don't think guys like Michael Jai White would be interested in hiring a newbie personal assistant like you, dude. I mean, rack up some miles in the job before you try and upgrade your position. <sighs> the guy can dream. All I wanted was a Pepsi, just one Pepsi, and she wouldn't give it to me. So uh, should, should I put him <laughs> yeah, through now? Yeah, I don't think this is a guy we want to keep waiting. Put him through. Here he is. Please welcome actor, writer, director, and martial artist Michael Jai White to the show. We appreciate you checking in with us, man. I appreciate you having me. Super. Okay, you got a new movie coming out, Vigilante Diaries. It has a very interesting cast with the talkative half of Jay and Silent Bob fame, uh, Jason Mewes in the starring role, along with you, Michael Madsen, and Quentin Rampage Jackson. So give us the basics of uh, Vigilante Diaries. I guess it's not a rom-com, right? No, not not quite. I, I, I would say he's a he's a amped up Dexter. He's taking out bad guys all over the world. He's starting wars between the Armenian mafia, uh, Irish mafia, Italian mafia, all over the place. So it's just a, it's kind of a romp. And it's an action movie, and it's it's a lot of fun. Ah, oh, super. Uh, can I ask if you ever asked Jason to slow down when he was delivering his lines? Cause he does speak in warp speed, you know. No, no, nobody wants to slow that guy down. He's a lot of fun, man. All right, all right, so just wanted to ask you. All right, hey, can we, can we touch on one of my favorite movies from a few years back, Black Dynamite? Very cool movie. You wrote and starred in it, and it should have won an Academy Award, but I guess they don't have a cool movie award, do they? Not yet, not yet. We've been petitioning for that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but thank you. Absolutely. Well, you know, the Academy really needs to loosen up a bit. I know they have to give Oscars to films that make us cry, but we also need movies like Black Dynamite to give us a break from you know actors suffering for their art, too. I mean, you know, it's, it's nice to, to have them lighten up a little bit and go into a movie theater and just be entertained, and that movie was freaking entertaining. Thank you. Thank you. That's a, that's a great idea. I mean, it, it would uh, encourage people to make more fun movies. You yeah. know, they, they got rewarded for it. Absolutely. But yeah, man. But thanks. I mean, I, I had a great time doing it, and I'm looking forward to doing some more stuff like that. Oh, very cool. Um, well, Michael, you, you're a martial arts expert, having a bunch of different color belts to your name. How long would it take for you know a not-so-buffed-out talk show host to become a killing machine with my hands? And I should say I have very small hands, uh, so that would probably disqualify me from some... Would, I don't know. I, I, would, that, would that really matter if I have small hands? No, no, small hands are good. They hurt worse. Oh. Actually. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, it's like, you know, you don't want to get hit, well, it's hitting with a flat surface or a pointy surface. Oh, okay. All right, super. You get well, some technical, but, but, but yeah, that, that shouldn't stop you. But, yeah, man, it's, it's just how much you want to put into it, you know? It's just the amount of hours and strikes you put in is what you get out. Yeah, I probably may not be able to pull it off, but I should at least have my personal assistant, Derek, learn how to properly protect me, so I might sign him up for lessons. He's fine. Hey, excuse me one moment, Michael. I'll be really quick here. What? 
does a uh, does a personal assistant also have to be responsible for your security too? Man, that's a lot on my plate. No one said the job was going to be a piece of cake, all right? A good personal assistant needs to be a jack of all trades. You know, Derek, maybe you should start thinking of how you can assist Spud in his day-to-day -day activities rather than trying to avoid your duties. Success in any job requires commitment and desire. Yeah, I don't take job counseling from a temporary co-host. A temporary permanent. Please quit the bickering and let me get back to the interview. So, but how many belts do you actually have again? Well, I actually have um, eight black belts now. Wow. Uh, yeah. It's not easy to get those, right? Oh, I mean, I, I basically started with a re some really hard styles, and then the other ones were not as bad, you know? Because you, you get used to it. It's not, it's not as hard once you got a few of them. How long you been in martial arts? I understand it was, goes way back, right? Yeah, yeah, since I was about seven or eight. Nice. So, I, you know, I was, it was kind of an obsession for me. So well, I get a black belt in one style, then I put on a white belt in another style. Uh, so I take it, like in middle school, no one took your lunch money. Would that be accurate? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty, pretty, pretty accurate. I, I was kind of, it was kind of overkill in my, my situation because I was the size of a bully. <laughs> even while I did this. Oh. So I, it wasn't a classic case of I was little and scrawny. I was like the biggest kid around. You know, I haven't grown since I was 14 years old. Well, so it was a little bit overkill. Damn, you must have been, a, you must look like a beast in middle school then. Dang, all right. I look uh, like a grown ass man. Is yeah. what I look like. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. I mean, I, people, people mistook me for a grown man when I was, you know, when I was 14 and 15. Jeez. I actually competed in martial art tournaments with grown men and, and would win. Wow. So, um, yeah, I, and I had, I had this voice. If you imagine this voice, and on a 14-year-old kid. Dang, yeah. I've been pretty cool, man. I'd yeah. killed to have that. All right, well, um, let me hit you with the last question. It's a serious one, uh, somewhat. In, in 1997, you starred in Spawn, and it was reported that made you the first African-American actor who starred as a superhero in a motion picture. So do you think that the suits in the studios in the past actually believe people cared what skin color a superhero was outside of their focus groups and audience research? Because it's still all about the character, and if people dig it, no matter the ethnic background of actors. And for the record, your movie made $87 million off of $40 million dollar budget so i guess that answers the question right yes it does yes it does it shouldn't matter at all really i mean you know, at, at the time there weren't that many superhero movies out so uh you know having an african-american superhero i mean it was like they it was one amongst the six that that were out there and that, i think that's a good ratio yeah i'd say so all right well you answered that question all right well i'm gonna let you go because i know you got tons of stuff to do let me remind everyone that your new movie vigilante diaries is now playing in theaters everywhere hey i want to thank you so much for calling into our show hey thanks for having me all right mr michael jai white it is your problem my friend your problem no less than it is mine this is a spud goodman show So, I can accept that this position as your personal assistant doesn't pay much, Spud. I mean, I, mean, I made more babysitting in high school. But I was told part of the deal is for me to be able to plug my projects on the air from time to time. <laughs> but this isn't time or the time 
Maybe some other Too time. late, y'all. <laughs> Derek, Spud is very controlling as to what we can say on the air. It's highly unfair, as we all have something to promote. But well, look, I don't want to sound cocky here, but I am not exactly on the same level as you, Gerald. No offense, uh... but I have my very own successful podcast, and I'm going to plug my podcast now. And in turn, I will really? plug the Spud Goodman show on this week's Derek's podcast. It's a fair trade out. Hey, did you just speak in the third person there? Hmm? I think he did. I heard it. You owe five bucks in the cliche jar. No, no, no. That's the name of my podcast. It's called Derek's Podcast. And I need to announce that on this week's episode, I will be discussing Donald Trump's proposed health care plan when he takes office next January. All Trump precinct coordinators, like me, in the state are supposed to get an overview of the plan. I don't think it's going to happen. Well... It's probably going to be a really, really short plan, like on a post-it, and all it's going to say is it will be an awesome healthcare plan, or maybe a really awesome healthcare plan. You know, as a Republican myself, I sure would like to see more specifics with Mr. Trump's policy proposals. You think? I, I, well, I know he's really rich, so he must know what's best maybe. for all of us, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. maybe he could just toss out a few tidbits of information. It'd make me feel a lot more comfortable. You know, Derek, you really need to go now, okay? I want you to go out, start my car up, you know, as this show's about over and I've been having some issues with the battery, so you might have to jump it. And I don't have any cables, so just I either, there's a couple people that live like in the neighborhood, you maybe can knock on some doors and get some jumper cables, all right? <laughs> and also, I went to the dollar store and bought a, a ton of air fresheners, you know, mm -hmm. those Christmas tree thing kind yeah. of things. I don't, you know, you, you pick the scent. Surprise me. Oh, cool. All right, uh, but really quick, I also wanted to preview my new rap album I'll be releasing soon on my website. Courtney, Chloe. Uh, yeah, this is not the post-show report anymore, kid. You know, we're not going to be discussing your recording career on this show, at least as long as I'm host. And just what the world needs, another white guy rapper. <sighs> All right, I'll go warm up your car now. But we really do need to sit down and further clarify some things. Like? Uh, maybe like, at the next staff meeting. Like, <laughs> Uh, I don't clarify. You know, personal assistants are are not allowed in our staff meetings. I don't know if you know oh, this. And man. check out and see if you can be an intern too. Uh, that might get you in the room. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's not like you'd get a fair hearing at the staff meeting, Derek. I have formally expressed my deep disappointment at those gatherings about never receiving show schedules before we go okay, on the air. Okay, look, I said but this a thousand times. You're gonna get one when you cease to be a threat to the security of my intellectual property. I'm, I'm sorry, but I have to protect my work. And Derek, can you move along here, man? Just Go do your job. <sighs> yeah, I'm on it. I'm on it. Yes, but you really should lighten up on him. You know, I heard he has issues with sleep apnea. I don't know what the hell is going on with my body. I think that maybe I might try to be taking a pregnancy test. If it's not that, then it's menopause, definitely. Yeah, I don't think that sleep apnea is a, a legit handicap. Uh, oh. and, and with some tough love, you know, this kid might have a future. Not in radio or broadcasting, but no, maybe no. as a car detailer or something. I, mean, anyway, I just got i got to say goodnight. So, I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be. And I mean that. God bless and ciao. Once again, Furniture Girls. Bye-bye. We love you, Spud. Wait a bit of
David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Productions and recorded at NWCZ Radio. Engineer Mike Renville, executive producer Lori Madsen. Written and directed by Spud Goodman. Production assistants Brian Martin, Trent Patello, and Amanda Tompkins. Video director T.J. Pites. Original music by Mike Spots and Tom Harmon. The show's Greek chorus is the folk singers in hell. On-air talent Rob McGee, Annie Coleman, David Deere, Derek Schneider, and Tom Nolan. Copyright 2016 Spud Goodman Productions. David Brenneman speaking. Your shadows can't protect you. You say that you're afraid of what I'm.